Welcome back to Return to Oz Minute. We're analyzing the 1985 film Return to Oz, one previously on Minute at a Time. I'm Tierney Steele. And I'm Mike Carlucci. And she's back. We're joined today. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, I am Lane Colonin, guesting for this minute. This minute is minute 29, which starts with Dorothy telling Belina that the house is how she got to Oz the first time. And it ends with her about to explain why Belina doesn't understand that it's not just a yellow brick. And in between, like I said, it is mostly, here's how I got to Oz, here's what happened, and then, oh no, but if that's the case, then this is all horribly wrong. Sounds like the plot of every Doctor Who episode. Yeah, you're not wrong there. You know, I made a TARDIS reference and it's getting more and more apt. (laughs) Yeah, I have to say, it. I'm a little confused when we look inside the house that everything is all topsy-turvy, chairs are upside down, and yet none of the glass broke. Nothing seems like it, none of the breakables seem to have broken, which seems a little odd to me. And yet the roof is collapsing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, you have to remember, the witch broke the house's landing. So she was stable enough for the glass not to break when it slammed into the ground? (laughs) Wait, I'm going to introduce you to the most perfect answer for all your questions. Magic. (laughs) It's the magic of cinema. You're, you're not uh, you're not wrong, because the Wicked Witch of the East at the time was wearing the ruby slippers. True. Maybe in their attempt to uh, you know self self preservation, the slippers slowed the descent of the house. Couldn't save you know a fragile human body, but slowed the house enough so that Dorothy would survive the crash and Actually, you know, potentially have all of her things if she needed them for the trip. I figured it out. The topsy-turvy stuff happens while the house is spinning in the twister. But if you think about it, when Dorothy lands, she lands with a little bit of a thump, but we don't hear anything breaking, and she's okay. So it had to have been a soft landing. And she just, I mean, she didn't fix anything before she went out the door to see what had happened. True. I just, there's also the fact, like we talked about in the last minute, about how this has clearly been more than six months. I would have expected that you know, all of the trees and everything growing on and around it would have broken glasses or something would be sprouting from the middle of the house, but there's none of that. The house is exactly the way it was when she landed. Yeah, but meanwhile, an entire civilization is gone without a trace. Exactly. It's bizarre. Welcome to Roanoke Colony Island Minute. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Let's yeah, she's pointing out stuff in the house, which I think is great because Belina can't see a thing. She's a chicken. <laughs> oh, uh, but the, the, so right before we get to the furniture, I just want to point out, point out the first of three Belina lines, not in the script. Okay. Wait, which one? Looks like it was a rough trip. Uh, oh, it's so great. Belina actually has three oh. lines in the minute, and none of them were none of them were in the this version of the script. So we've reached the first Belina quip, quip that uh, came on later. Yep. Well, you know, when you find a good thing, you roll with it. Oh, yeah. 
And I'm really glad because Belina in the book, or at least in the graphic novel, which I'm assuming is fake. I really got to just read the book, but she's very sassy. Like this fits, this movie presentation fits what's in the book, I feel like. And that makes me very happy. You know, it's not exactly the same character. This, this Belina has a little bit more of an old lady sass vibe going on, but that's okay. It still works. She's still snarky and got these little great asides and one-liner responses and it's I think it's really great and especially since this is a kids movie that a lot of times is not the kid friendliest yeah that's very true <laughs> no it's it's her brand of humor definitely works for this being a kids movie it's a little it's a little bit snarky so there's a little something funny for the parents to watch but it's nothing inappropriate for the kids no if we were going to recast other Disney movies, I would have preferred a Bellina portrayal of Mrs. Potts in uh, Beauty and the Beast. I think a little more Bellina would have punched up uh, punched up her character a bit. <laughs> oh. Sorry, Marie. Hey, you know, I know. I was gonna hey, say. Hey, I was gonna say because Angela Lansbury nice old... can do the snark. <laughs> she definitely can. I mean, after all, there are all of those fan theories that she's really a serial killer and Murder, She Wrote is just her telling all about her. All of the time she got away with it. <laughs> there were a lot of murders in that tiny little town. Come on. Mm-hmm. Telling me every time she goes on vacation there's a murder and she's never involved? See, I have the problem, the same problem with Cabot Cook. Or for you Star Trek The Next Generation fans, Dr. Pulaski. <laughs> Uh, my big thing is I have the same problem with Cabot Cove that I have with Gotham and I realize that's not what Return to Oz is about but I need to point out to people why do people live in Cabot Cove or in Gotham? Why? Why would you stay there? These are dangerous, terrible places. (laughs) Like if you want to be in a cute, cute little town hey, maybe move away from the one where everybody keeps getting murdered. Yeah. It's not that hard, guys. Honestly, I have to give props to the WB TV show Arrow, which at the beginning of one of their seasons addressed the fact that the city was like basically failing and all the taxes and system was messed up because everyone was moving out because of the high crime rate. And I was just like, thank you. That's what would happen. You wouldn't just stay and be like, oh, it'll be fine. Oh, Anyway, sorry, I, I didn't mean to get so worked well, up, but Murder, uh, She Wrote came up, and I got very <laughs> excited. <laughs> Just to stay on Batman for one more second, uh, don't they convert, like, multiple city blocks into the like, Arkham Asylum? Like, that's that's really not a city anymore. It's become something else. Yeah, it's, it's a messed up city. You don't want to go there. And speaking of messed up, <laughs> welcome to Munchkinland. <laughs> I do have things about this minute, I swear. Uh, if, if you will indulge me, there is a whole Wikipedia article called Political Interpretations of the Wizard of Oz. And I got into Ooh. reading this because when I was in AP US History, we were allowed to watch The Wizard of Oz and use it to study the gold standard and all that stuff. So I wanted to look up because I didn't really remember the details from that project over a decade ago. Oh my God, so long ago, I'm old. Um, but it, I found, 
All right, I'm just going to quote because I'll butcher trying to summarize it. In a 1964 article, educator and historian Henry Littlefield outlined an allegory in the book of the late 19th century debate regarding monetary policy. According to this view, for instance, the yellow brick road represents the gold standard and the silver slippers, Ruby in the 1939 film version, represent the silverite 16 to 1 silver ratio. So I don't know how I did on that essay. I just remember being very excited to watch The Wizard of Oz in class, but hopefully I got that right. Uh, but yes, it is not just a yellow brick. It is an allegorical yellow brick. Symbolism. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Oh, so when, uh, when Dorothy tells Belina of the Wicked Witch, and we get the wonderful Belina half-eating worms, <laughs> half-saying Wicked Witch, uh, that, that is the second of three Bolina lines that was not in the script. So we were we were potentially one version away from the script from a very quiet chicken companion. What's the point of having a talking chicken companion if she doesn't talk a lot? I just don't know. <laughs> oh boy, I'm really glad they punched it up. I, I, I do wonder, I have said it before, that I wish I knew kind of what the order was for this making of with Belina and the recording and the actress and everything. Cause it, like you said, they, they punched it up a bit. Yeah. Uh, Cause then Dorothy says, where are all the munchkins? And it's silence in the script. But you know, we hear Belina say, what are you on about my dear? Uh, and as of version seven in 1984, Belina doesn't say anything in this minute until it's just a yellow brick. So it's just kind of a set piece. I guess Dorothy is just kind of giving exposition. She inherited her ways from Aunt M, as we learned earlier in this movie, but I'm glad it's a little <laughs> bit more of a back and forth. I feel like this would be such a boring minute if it was literally just Dorothy pointing at things. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. I mean, it's we all know that in this minute we are Belina, but it's helpful to have the audience be able to occasionally speak back what you are thinking. Even if the audience is slightly more informed than Melina is, some people may not remember things. It's, you know, some of them are children and they don't remember things that happened two days ago. So it's good to remind people. It's also a good confirmation minute of, well, we were pretty sure what was going on, but it's nice to know that like, okay, the characters are on the same page. Yeah, something is definitely messed up here. Any other notes on minute 29? Sounds like you got something. No, um, just that the, the script refers to this as the gloomy forest, which is about as sharp a contrast as you can get from incredibly bright colors singing and dancing the last time Dorothy was here. Yeah. Now it's just gloomy forest. If you're looking for more about Return to Oz Minute, you can visit returntoozminute.com. Weogtiogpiog.com, or take a look for us on social media. We're OzMinute on Twitter or Facebook, and you can also join the Return to OzMinute Listeners Flying Sofa, available on Facebook. Lots of fun podcast societies are. And on that note, we'll see everyone tomorrow, but first, Weogtiogpiog! We all know that in this minute, we are Belina, 